Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. Hi everyone, my name is Tom. I'm the City Pastor of Global in York along with my wife Chantal. It's great to be able to speak to you today. I hope you're doing good. I hope you're enjoying the summer. If you're on holiday, I hope you're enjoying yourselves. If you're not, I hope you're looking forward to, to a holiday at some point or, or whatever you're doing. Today I've got a great talk for you. It's going to be me talking about how we can get more out of our lives using a passage of, of scripture, which is a really well-known story, but it's an amazing story. It can give us encouragement. It can give us faith for our own futures. And we are in uncertain times, aren't we? We can speculate about what's going to happen and everything that's been going on in the news and there's lots of doom and gloom stories around about the economy and about health and about pretty much every area of of your life unless you're a Liverpool fan or a Leeds fan in which case you're you're all celebrating at the moment but you know it is an uncertain time (laughs) but you know we can defy the odds and we can prosper in every area of our lives. I'm going to speak to us today from Luke chapter 5 Uh, which is a story where Jesus first meets his disciples. And Dave alluded to it last week. He talked about it in his talk. Jesus meets his disciples. They go out on on the lake. And in the end, the disciples end up having an amazing, miraculous catch of fish, which is just fantastic and and more of that to come. So I'm just going to start pretty much starting with reading the scripture. So bear with me. It's going to come up on the screen as well as I read it. So let's start reading. Luke chapter 5, it says, So it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, which is the Sea of Galilee, and he saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signalled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, He fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished. Just say astonished. Astonished at the catch of fish for which they had taken. And also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to hand, they forsook all and followed him. This is a great story. And just before we get get started, just to clear it up, Simon, he's called Peter. Later on, Jesus hasn't renamed him yet. So Simon, Peter, as the text said, I'm just going to call him Peter just so we're all on the same wavelength. So it's Peter. And this is such a good story. And we can all relate to it. And as Dave said last week, this story is about money. It's about cash. God's providing an abundance. Huge, huge, huge amount for them. More than they could have dreamed could have dreamed of. It's an amazing catch. And I want to look at how did they get there? How did they get there? And what can we learn from it? So first of all, I want to put yourself in their shoes. You're, you're a fisherman. 
you've not caught anything. You can imagine that you've got a business, you've had a quiet day in the shop, no one's come in, you've not sold much or whatever it is that your sphere of work. You can imagine the struggle, you imagine the pressure that they've been out all night, they've tried, they've toiled, it's not a quick process and they've, they've got, probably got people depending on them, other members of the family, the community, they're not going to be able to feed them, they're not going to be able to finance them. You know, I, I've watched some of these fishing shows on the Discovery channels, documentary channels, and you know, when they don't catch these fishing trawlers that go off Scotland or wherever they do, and when they don't catch anything, you, you, you pick up the grim atmosphere, the whole crew, they're quiet, they're down, they know that that means that they've, they've gone out and there's no reward. That means they're not going to get paid. That means that their families aren't going to get fed. That means they're not going to be able to go on holiday. You know what it means. And you can pick up the pressure. You can pick up the pressure. And it's the same for these guys here on the lake. There's people depending on them. There's pressure right now in that situation for them. So the miracle, the miracle that happens, these fish that they, they pull up, they haul up this huge catch of fish. These are not fish that you catch during the day. In fact, that in the daytime, they go down deep because they don't like the light. So they go right down to the deep. They can't be caught. So there's no way you should be catching these fish during the day. And so you can put your logical head on and go, well, if they're not going to catch at night when they're supposed to be coming up, they're never going to be coming up during the daytime. But no, this is where the miracle happens. They catch all these fish that aren't supposed to be being caught. And it's not just one or two. It's a haul. It's an abundance. It's, it's so big. It's almost tragic that the, the, the boats are almost sinking under the weight and the lets are breaking can you imagine what that's doing to them the, the satisfaction again on these the fishing tv programs when they catch the cod when they catch all the the prawns or whatever it is that they're looking for and they get this big haul and you can see them like wow they know what this means this means like this is today this means thousands and thousands of pounds this this is a good week this is you know this is a good paycheck and this is exactly the same from what these guys were going through this is cash this is a great opportunity this is going to finance them maybe this is going to finance their families while they're away following jesus god provides god provides and, and maybe you know can you imagine you're making so much money in your business that you can just leave it so that you're so resourced to go out and do more. Let's believe for that in your businesses that we can, you know, planting churches, reaching cities, making disciples. It costs money to do it. And I'm believing we're going to have businesses that are so abundant, doing so well that people are able to walk away and, and leave them making that money that they can just concentrate on fishing for people, that they're able to stop fishing for fish and they're able to pull up the nets and go and fish for people. How good's that? It's amazing. And another thing about this miracle is this, is that Jesus uses people. They are the ones that pulled up the nets. It's not Jesus, not Jesus, like chucking his, not rod, but putting his net in and here you are lads, knock yourselves out, got you a few fish, it's them. They're the ones that, that did it. They're the ones that hauled them in. They're the ones that signaled to the other boat. I love how God uses people in his miracles. It's fantastic. It's encouraging. So the question is, why? Why did it happen? Why did this miracle happen? Let me help you out with some answers, okay? So here's the thing. Peter, he was obedient three times to Jesus. Three times, okay? Three times. First of all, he let Jesus in his boat in the first place. And then he pushed out to speak. So that's one. He pushed, he let them in the boat, just in case we were getting confused. 
I've not got a head. Let's him in his boat and push out a little from the shore so that he could speak to the crowd because the shores of the Sea of Galilee, they're like, they've got loads of inlets, which naturally make a great sort of theatre, kind of natural theatre where you can, the, the acoustics will travel around it. And as, as I'm sure you know, you can always hear things more clearly over water. It's amplified. So Jesus is just using the geography of the land to be able to speak to the multitudes of people that are there from about Great idea. So that's the first time. The second time is then he says, push out into deep water. And that's a little bit different because deep water's a little bit scary, isn't it? You know, we like the shallows sometimes. We know we're comfortable. You know, I used to go swimming a lot. There was always the old men that would stand and have a little bit of a chatter in the shallow end. You don't sit in the deep end and have a chatter. It's nice to be able to stand, you know, where you can stand. You're confident whenever you go out on the sea. If you go to the beach and you just go, you can see just the, the, the beach profile just shelving off. It's going into deep and it's a little bit uncertain because you can't touch the bottom anymore. Pushing out into deep water. It's a bit unknown. It's a little bit scary, but he's telling them to push out into the deep. That's the second one. And the third one is, and let down your nets, and let down your nets. So those are the three things. Those are the three times that Peter's obedient. And here's the great thing that you need to know, is that God rewards obedience, and God rewards willingness. So but that fact that Peter was obedient and Peter was willing, Jesus rewards that. You know, whatever you give, whether it's money, whether it's time, God sees it. There's this, the passage of scripture in Luke chapter 6, which we use a lot in, in offering talks. It's, it's actually about forgiveness, but you can apply it to every single sphere of life. It's like give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together. It, it's fantastic. And this is what Jesus is seeing. This is how the miracle is happening, because Peter was obedient. And Peter was obedient when his experience as a fisherman you know, there's this guy, Jesus, this rabbi, this carpenter who's turned up, who doesn't know not about fishing in one sense, and he's obedient to him when his experience and his training says quite the opposite. His experience would be saying, this won't work. It's daytime. These fish only come out at night. I've, geez, I've been doing this for years. He could probably have said, do you know what? I like your optimism. But thanks, but no thanks. You know what? We're done. We've been out all night. We're tired. We've cleaned the nets. We know it's just not worth the effort, quite frankly. I'm tired. I'm hungry. I want to go home. But he didn't do it. He didn't do that. Peter did what we all need to do. And we all need to do it if we want to see God working in our lives as well. And he said, Jesus, we fished all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, nevertheless, at your word, we'll go back and we'll try again. Nevertheless, nevertheless is that key word here. Nevertheless, at your word, we'll go back and try again. That's his obedience kicking in. Because if you're like a practical person, we could miss the miracle. If you're always just surrounded by logic and, and, and what's practical and what's possible in your head, then I'm sure people would have taught themselves out of it. No, it's all right, Jesus, it's a nice idea, but you know what, these fish, they, they won't bite, it can't be done, we need to come back at night time, it's just not our night, um, it's all right, thanks very much. I know, you know, all that sort of, they'd have taught themselves out of it. They'd have taught themselves out of the miracle happening. They weren't open to what Jesus could do, but Peter was. And God's looking for us 
to be nevertheless people as well. People who might say that my business does not look good right now. No, no fish are biting, but nevertheless, I know that the touch of God's favour on my life can change things in an instant. In every sphere of life, it can happen. Let's talk about health. Many of you know my story. A year ago, I was critically ill. I was in a coma in intensive care for nine days. At times, my parents, my family were told I wouldn't survive. But nevertheless, 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 leaders, the church, you guys, Global Church, nevertheless knew that God can heal and we prayed and I'm here and I'm standing and I'm still here. Sorry about that for some of you. No, I'm joking. Hope you're all delighted. But I'm still here. Nevertheless, when it, we can look at the facts that God is bigger. He's above it. Your relationship might not look great right now, but God can turn it around. You might not feel confident in the situation that you're in, but nevertheless, the Bible says that we are more than conquerors. So let's step out and let's go for it. Because when we add the nevertheless, it allows God to do amazing things. But too many of us, instead of having a never, nevertheless mentality, they've got a no way mentality. We've got a no way. There's no way that I can get out of debt. There's no way I'm going to break this addiction. I've had it for too many years. There's no way I'm going to be successful in life. You just don't know my family history. And you know what's happening there? is that we're prophesying into our future and not in the right way. When we prophesy, we're speaking out into the future. And if you think it's impossible, it will become impossible. But God's the God of the impossible. He can overcome every situation. God's not looking for no way people. He's looking for nevertheless people. For the people that say, I don't see how I could ever get out of this problem, but nevertheless, God's going to bring me a triumph. This situation looks like it's going to be the end of me. Nevertheless, the Bible says that no weapon formed against me will prosper. My dreams might start, might be taking a lot longer to form than I thought. That relationship's not here yet. That, that girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife, that child, that situation's not arrived yet. But what God has started in my life, sorry, nevertheless, let's trip back. But nevertheless, what God started in my life he'll bring through to completion. We've got to get rid, shake off that no way mentality and get into the nevertheless mentality. We see testimony videos in our church, not just of, of my situation, but people who've not been able to have kids, where it didn't look, at, the outlook wasn't great. And they've tried and tried and tried and been up and been down and they've now got kids, and in some cases, more than one kid. And it's amazing because of the nevertheless mentality. When we've gone for business and people have said, it doesn't look good, I can't get the money to get this thing going. And then they've had that nevertheless spirit and then suddenly they've got the money, it's turned up. Or even just when we've been buying houses and we've, we've done a lot of this as a church, but it's hit us, it's hit many of you, where we've just not had the money to get a deposit. And it's not all been there, but nevertheless, God's moved and money's arrived from, from different sources for different people. And there's so many of us that have got the story of just believing that God's going to come through. And I'm standing, I'm standing right now in the fruit of it for you, of, of, of a house that is that we were able to buy with a deposit, with money that we didn't have, but it came to us. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. But here's the thing, we've got to do what he tells us to do. We've got to be obedient and we've got to be willing. And you know what? It might be scary. It probably will be scary. Dave talked a while ago about church sometimes being scary. 
but it should never be boring. And I love that. I want it to be good scary. I want to have that little adventure tingle going down of what we're doing because what we're building is amazing. We're building futures, we're building communities, we're building churches. It's fantastic. But we've got to step out and take that confidence that he's given us to step out into the future. Don't shrink back. Everything at the moment is telling us all to shrink back and just lie low, you know, just bury our head and wait for this all to blow over. And it could take a while. It might not, but it could take a while. And I want us to say, let's just step out with a confidence, with a confidence that we've got our futures ahead of us and they're going to be good and we can claim them and we can claim them in Jesus' name. So we've got to be obedient. We've got to be willing. We've got to give, ultimately, Jesus control. Using the picture of the story, we've got to get him in our boat. You know, the disciples in the story, as, as we know, I've said it, but I'm repeating it because it's important that we get it. The disciples had worked all night and they'd caught nothing. And then Jesus stepped into their boat and told them to cast their nets again. And then when they did, they caught so many fish that the nets began to break. And as we know, just, just take a minute, just pause. I'm going to slow down. I hope you're still with me. If I'm going too quick, I apologise. It was the same lake. Just, 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 let's just remember that. Let's get these, let's just look at these. Things. I don't know. It's the same lake. It's the same boat. It's the same nets. It's the same fishermen. It's the same fish. The only difference between nothing and abundance and fullness was Jesus being in the boat. So here is a thought for you. You need to have Jesus in your boat. And I want to ask you, is Jesus in your boat? Is Jesus in your business boat? Is Jesus in your, your financial boat? Because in global, we don't just separate church and secular. We do it all together. It's all encompassing. And you've got to remember, you know, we've got to have Jesus in, in, in our boat to help us thrive, to help us prosper in life. And these guys, these disciples, they're, they're good. They're good guys. They're doing their best. <laughs> and maybe you've been in those situations in, in work and in business and you're doing your best. We're doing our best, but sometimes our best is just not good enough. And sometimes there are situations that are just out of control. You know what? We can't control the economic situation that's going on right now. Uh, I, I work in weather and in flooding. And you know what? I'd love to be able to control the weather, but we can't control the weather we can't control a lot of things in life that's going to affect us. So we might be doing our best in our jobs, but we don't have much to show for it. And maybe I'm speaking to you today that maybe you're really trying to, to grow your, your business. Maybe you're really trying to, to perform in the role that you're in and get recognised for that promotion. And I want to just ask you to let go. Let go. Let go of what's holding you back. And I want to speak to the pride that's in you. I want to speak to the stubbornness that's in you. And I want to speak to the fear that's in you. And let go. Let go of those three things. Let go and see how Jesus can take over your boat. Let Jesus in and let Jesus fill it to overflowing. You know, in that story, Peter, he's a bit arrogant in his thinking, which is why when he, at the end of the story, he he saw the catch, he fell, he falls at Jesus' feet because he thought it was impossible for this to happen. And we can all think like that. 
we can all think that this is just not possible. Yeah, it might be good for them. I hear what you're saying, Tom. They might have got a deposit for their house, but you don't know my situation. I don't know your situation, but God does, and God can change it in an instant. And I want to speak to whatever situation you're in today, whether you're at university or maybe you're wanting to go to university, maybe you're waiting for the results to come in or however they're working this year, but you do not know God can change everything in an instant. Remember that. We've got to understand that God can change it. But let's be obedient. Let's be willing. Let's be willing to go out and push out into deep water and do what he says. We've got to let go and let God into our life. Let's see that abundance, that fullness, that catch of fish in every area of our lives in your life in my life we're a church where where people thrive they don't just survive we're a church where the people enjoy coming to they don't just endure it it's fun it's lively we make things happen we have a laugh along the way and you know what we love meeting people we've got an amazing vision as a church to make disciples plant churches and reach cities all across the world we're not just looking to do one church in one location and build it up to, to thousands of thousands. We want that in, in York, but we also want to do that in London. We want to do that in Newcastle. We want to do that in Africa. We want to do that in Europe. We want to do that all across the world. It's going to be fantastic. It's a great vision. And if you're interested, we've had people getting in touch with us already. Drop us a line. If you'd like to think, that's me. I want to plant a church that's got that spirit about it. Then get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. Coming back in, you know, we're a church that that believes, 100% believes what the Bible says. And what the Bible says is that God's got plans to prosper us and not to harm us. Plans to give us a hope and a future, it says in Jeremiah. But we need to invite him into our boats in the first place to see it. Otherwise, we won't happen. We can just leave him on the shore and we can sit out there and we can struggle. So I've come to the end of my talk today. And maybe, you know, you've not let Jesus into your boat in any form of life at the minute. Um, and I want to give you that opportunity today just to invite Jesus into your boat. What I mean by that is saying, just invite Jesus into your life. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website 